You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. Pastor J.D. Ambrosio here with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. We are getting to the very end of the Gospel of John here. It's been an awesome journey so far, and we have just gotten out of the study of the tomb being empty, the risen Lord appearing to first Mary Magdalene, then his disciples, and we see that the promise of God is fulfilled. God is a promise keeper. Amen to that. The tomb was empty. The disciples saw him. Mary saw him. The disciples all saw him except for one, of course, and we'll get to that today as we uh, cover the end of John chapter 20, and then tomorrow we will go through John chapter 21, and then we will take the 1% Christian on to another gospel in the Bible. And uh, again, I can't say enough how awesome it's been studying with you uh, these past several weeks. I think yeah, again, we're we're in our mid forties in terms of, of days, maybe even late forties. I think this may be forty six or forty seven, and it was just as much of a blessing for me as I hope it was for you. And some of the feedback that I've gotten was exactly that. So let's go right in here and uh, begin studying the end of John chapter twenty. And before I even jump in here, I want to uh, just recap: Jesus is starting to prepare the disciples for what they will do right? Because ultimately he's appearing to them now. But what happens is, is he ascends to heaven, right? And he fulfills his promise. He says, I will go to the father and I will send a helper, right? So now Jesus is appearing and he is showing them that death has been destroyed. The resurrection power is alive and well, and that the sins of the world are forgiven. Remember, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in Corinthians, it tells us that if he was not raised, then we are actually in our sin still that needed to happen. And again, we focus heavily on his death, and rightfully so. What an amazing sacrifice. But every single man and woman up until this point has died physically. And other than those that Jesus raised from the dead himself, only Jesus was raised from the dead, fulfilling the promise to destroy death altogether. So here we are, and he tells them at the end of the previous set of scriptures that we read, that they will have authority, that when they tell somebody that they're forgiven of sins, that they are forgiven of sins. And it's not because we as disciples, not because they can create forgiveness, but what we do as ministers of of reconciliation is we announce the forgiveness of God. We let people know that reconciliation for our sins and our mistakes are possible. And that should fill you with great hope. Because if you're like me, you make mistakes each and every day. And it's nice to know that nothing in your life could ever disqualify you from the love of God and the calling of God on your life. So now, 
Thomas is the only one that wasn't there when Jesus appeared. So far, everybody's seen him. And we know Thomas, right, from earlier. Uh, if you remember back in, uh, in it was John chapter 11, I believe, when Jesus raised Lazarus. Before that, the disciples didn't want Jesus to go toward Jerusalem because they were looking to kill him. And Thomas steps up and says, if we must die, we must die, basically. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. He says, if he must go and die, we will go and die with him. So we know that Thomas was a dedicated disciple. We know he loved Jesus. We know he followed Jesus. We also know that he was the realist, maybe even the pessimist of the group, just based upon some of the things that we that he's said. So Thomas now is with them, also known as Didymus. And Didymus and Thomas, by the way, means twin. So now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Verse 25, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said, unless I see the marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So interesting that Thomas's name means twin because we're seeing two sides of him here. We see um, someone who wanted to believe, but also somebody who wanted to see physical proof before they would truly believe, before they would take the next step. And you would think that Jesus, who was with him the whole time, who in front of Thomas healed the sick and raised the dead and did all the things that he did throughout his ministry, you think that God would be overly critical. I know when somebody doesn't believe something that I say, it's in that I can get frustrated. I don't know if you've ever been there. When you feel like somebody doesn't trust you or somebody doesn't put trust in what you say, that's a frustrating thing, right? And it could cause us to maybe not be as gentle, maybe lash out a little bit at the person. And you think if anybody would have the right to do that, it would be God. It would be God in the flesh, Jesus, who was right there in front of him. He had seen tangible proof plenty of times up to that point. But Now, the one, the rabbi, the teacher that he trusted, that he followed, he had died on a cross for everyone to see. And the whole world thought that everything was over. We talked about this over the last few days, what it must have been like from Good Friday up until the point of the empty tomb. It must have been a very difficult period of time where it looked like nothing was going the way it was supposed to. And it's in those times where we really have to hang our belief on the promises of God, maybe not what we see. But we see Jesus full of grace and truth accommodate Thomas here because Thomas says, unless I can put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe. Well, Jesus lets him wait about a week. In verse 26, it says a week later, and his his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked again, and again, they were locking the doors because they were hunted. 
They were being sought out by the Jewish leaders, the temple guards, most likely the Romans at this time. Because if you remember, the Roman guards were the ones that were guarding the tomb that ended up being empty. And they haven't found the body, nor will they. But you know they're out there looking. You know they want answers. So they're hiding in the house with the door locked. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now, notice, door's locked. Jesus makes his way back in. We can't lock out God. God's going to help himself in. And I hope for many of you studying over these last couple of weeks, that areas where maybe you've locked out God, he's made his way back in. He says, peace be with you. And remember, everything that Jesus does brings us peace. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, he goes right in on this. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now we see all the depictions in artwork of Thomas actually sticking his finger in in the holes. But it's not necessarily what it said happened here. Jesus is there and he says, Thomas, whatever you got to do, believe. Let's start you on this journey. And I really appreciate and I'm grateful for the times that God has showed up tangibly in my life and helped me to move forward in my faith. But I'm also extremely grateful for the times that he's allowed me to rely on what I don't see, because that's what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance. It's the tangible bit. It's what we have when we don't see what we want to see. When we don't see the promises of God manifesting before our life, what do we do? Do we quit? Do we walk away? Scripture tells us that we reap in due season, that we grab hold of that which God has promised us. What? When we don't lose heart. The problem is a lot of times when things don't go our way, when it doesn't look like God's promises are going to manifest, what we do is we start with the words of our mouth, with our actions. Start trying to, we, we start trying to do things on our own. We start trying to deny the power of God and deny what he's going to do, and it causes delay in our life. So Jesus meets Thomas, and he says, go ahead. Put your hand here. He says, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. He says it right there. He declares him, he knows. He says, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And what he's saying to Thomas here is that it's a good start that you believe. It's a good start that I had to intervene and show you. But blessed are those that have faith, even when they don't see it right away. And that's the maturity that God wants to get us to. Because Hebrews 11.6 says that with, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that God rewards those who earnestly 
seek him. See, faith is like a muscle. It needs to be worked out. And how powerful is that muscle of faith? It says, faith that even the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And the if you think about that connection with faith being a seed, there's so much potential in a seed. Within every seed, there's a tree. And inside every tree, there's a forest, right? Because the trees produce tons of seeds. Now you could sit and look at that seed and not believe that it's going to do what it's supposed to do and never put it in the ground. But if you take that faith, even the size of a mustard seed, the possibilities are endless. You can say to a mountain, move and it'll move. And sometimes God wants us to, wants to move the mountains in our life. And just to be real, sometimes God wants us to command the mountain in our life. He wants it to move by us getting past it and through it. And that's sometimes what happens is the trying of our faith produces patience. And patience, when it has its perfect work, makes us strong and lacking nothing. So often we lack because we doubt and we walk away and we do things that cause delay in our life. So we develop this faith and then that faith has to be tried. Because if it can't withstand the test, it's not real. But when we come out the other side, when when the trying of our faith produces that endurance, that patience, and we let patience have its perfect work, we become out mature and strong and lacking nothing. When your faith is strong, you lack nothing because all things are possible to them who believe. And how do you develop faith? You pursue God. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what we've been doing these past few weeks as we close up here for today and move into our final day tomorrow. It says that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, by believing, you may have life in his name. A life of faith is a life of fulfillment. A life of faith is a life where the possibilities are endless. I feel like I've said that a lot over these past couple weeks. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what I pray for you has manifested itself over the last couple of weeks. That by us studying the word of God here together, that your faith has grown. And that when you face trials and challenges and the things that challenge your faith, that you'll be able to stand stronger and firm. And because you get through the other side and say, I refuse to not believe. I refuse to doubt. Or even when you do doubt, you bounce back. Look, everybody doubts. I know that's not a popular thing, but we all come up with being challenged, right? Doubt is what's in the moment. Doubt is saying, maybe this, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe this isn't what I I thought it was. And then that's where I pray in the name of Jesus, that the words that we've been studying just surface. And you say, no, I will believe. I will have faith. 
because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance. It's the tangible thing that I have. It's the evidence of things not seen. But I know if I hold on to this faith, I can move mountains. So that's my prayer for you today, that God will keep increasing the measure of faith because faith is a gift in that way. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every single person within the sound of my voice, Lord God. Father, I pray that you continue to strengthen their faith, Lord God, their mountain-moving faith, that they may become strong and perfect and lack nothing. And although that means we may face some challenges sometimes, Lord God, we will get us through and we put our faith in that. If you're struggling today in any reason, say, I have faith in you, God. I may not see it, but I believe it. I believe you, God. I love you, God. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church. We're going to wrap up tomorrow. And I will make some announcements. We'll make some plans. And we're going to continue studying together. Amen. I love you guys. Have an awesome day.